0: Not to keep on embarrassing Jacob, but I went back in the back. I was kind of congested, and all during the um, Christmas holiday, my kids were congested and coughing and everything, and I was washing my hands and keeping them at bay and saying Merry Christmas from across the room. I love you, but don't touch me. Uh, And then the Sunday night, so I guess that would have been New Year's night, I started coming all over me and everything and and, uh, all congested and everything this week anyway so I was singing this morning my throat was like shutting closing or whatever and so I went to get a water afterwards and there weren't any and I didn't even say anything but Jacob was putting on his coat to go get some water that is what the church needs is it's nice when we have those that are willing to help when I ask. That's great. And you say, sure, no problem. What can I do? Even better are those that identify a need and do it even without being asked. And he didn't get that just from himself. That was was a behavior that was learned from his parents. So thank you for all you've done. If we can get Jordan to do the same thing, it would be great. (laughs) I didn't want to pick on her. I just want to pick on you. All right, fine. Megan, too. the Lord good? The Lord is good. The Lord is good. Well, we are going to um, partake in communion today, and I asked Pastor earlier this week if I could share again, and he graciously allowed me to, which I know he really enjoys sharing on Communion Sunday, so he... Well, I don't know if it reluctantly or whatever, but he said so, I could. But then it worked out perfectly because um, I I texted him yesterday, I think it was, and I said, thank the Lord that we decided that I was going to speak today because if you had heard him Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday trying to speak, call him on the phone or whatever, didn't even sound like himself. So today sounds great. He's got a couple rounds of antibiotics, but he sounded pretty congested, and so he's been ill all week, so preparation would have been tough for him as well. So Grateful that the Lord laid it on my heart to share, knowing that pastor was going to need that extra time to rest. So the Lord's good. He sees us. He does see us in everything. Even little things like that, right? I'm always careful to be grateful for the small things in life. It doesn't have to be something big and grandiose for us to give thanks. Because as we learned last week, you cannot complain and be grateful at the same time. You know, I wanted to, as we were praying for you, Brother John and Sister Janet, I wanted to, the Lord just uh, spoke to me. This is going to be a time for you not just to visit your family and your grandkids, but a time for you to seek opportunity to speak, even those that you don't even know. So seek those opportunities. The word of the Lord is already within your mouth. So seek those opportunities and say, Lord, show me who is it you'd have for me to share with today. This is not going to just be a time of refreshing and warm weather, which actually Georgia has snow right now, I'm sorry to say, more than we do. But not just a time of refreshing and warm weather, but a time that you'll be able to minister to others. But seek that. Stay in the Word. Stay in prayer before Him, because you could miss opportunity if you're not before His face, and I know that you do daily on your own already. But just as a reminder, sometimes when we get out of our normal, I know for me personally, when I get out of my normal routine, that gets lax, so I want to encourage you to seek that out because there's words of life in your mouth that you can share with others. Right. And for all of us, that we would seek opportunity every single day, Lord, who is it that you'd have for me to speak to? And maybe just some small phrase, just some little word that we don't even think is a big deal. This world is, doesn't have a lot of hope. This world has no joy and very little hope. And we have the key to both of those right within our hand and in our hearts and in our lives. So let's look for opportunity to share. So what is the purpose of communion? Let's take a look at that. And I I ask the older classes to stay. Well, mine always does whenever I speak, but um, I'd ask the middle class to stay as well because I wanted the kids that are the, the age that are partaking in communion to know why. I wanted all of us to be reminded the reason why it is we take communion. So I'm going to, we're not going to be long today, and I'm going to ask that, that uh, if sometimes the kids are on a device or whatever, if we stay off those, I really want them to have within their heart, if they can learn it at 10 years old, what the purpose of communion is, wow, how powerful that be for the remainder of their life. Yes. Let's open up to chapter 26 in the book of Matthew. I feel like in order to understand its purpose, we need to first look at its history, which you know that I do love the history that is in, the, in Scripture, so we're going to take a look at that today. Matthew uh, chapter 26, verse 17, it says, Now on the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying to him, Where do you want us to prepare For you to eat the Passover. So there's two things here that if you don't know what they mean, you're just going to kind of gloss right over them. And so we need to pick those up. One is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And the second is Passover. So let's look at the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Or excuse me, we're going to look at Passover first because that's the first day of that seven-day feast. So we know just a little history... Or a reminder, for some it may be first. We know that the Israelites were in bondage in Egypt for 430 years. Yes. Moses had warned Pharaoh to let his people go several times. He refused to go because he had a free labor force, and he held them there. So he told Moses told him, listen, if you don't let my people go, Speaking of the children of Israel, there is going to be calamity that's going to fall upon you and all your house, meaning all of Egypt. Pharaoh basically said, I don't care. So we know the story that there were ten plagues that were brought on these people. And the tenth and final plague is the one that we're going to focus on first. So let's turn to the book of Exodus, second book in the Bible, chapter 12. Tenth plague was the death of the firstborn. See, all of the ten plagues, we went through them at Sunday school one time, and Jordan has this really cool Bible that, that talked about each of them in parallel. But each of the plagues would have, it was flew in the face of one of the gods of Egypt. And so we see here in the last one, their firstborn, which was something that was highly revered in the household. Picking up chapter 12, verse 21, Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Pick out and take lambs for yourselves according to your families and kill the Passover lamb. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in a basin and strike the lintel and the doorpost with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out from your door of your house until morning. For the Lord will pass through and strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel on the doorpost, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyers to come to the houses to strike you. So what are we talking about here? So they took a lamb. And even if you didn't have the provision, you couldn't afford a lamb yourself, you could go together with the family next door could get one, and they would take this perfect lamb, and they would slay it because there had to be blood that was poured out, which we'll get to. So they took this lamb, and they slayed it, and they collected the blood, and they took that blood, put it in a little bowl, they called it a basin, and they would take, and they would apply, literally apply this blood on the outside of the door of their house was painted there. It was marked. It was stained. Blood isn't something that you just kind of put on there and then tomorrow you're going to wipe it off. There was a blood stain on their door. There was a blood stain on the covering of their family. And when they did this, this tenth plague, what was coming Says the Lord would pass over, and he wouldn't allow the destroyer, we've referred to it in our more common vernacular as the death angel, would come and they would see that blood stain on that door. And because of that, it said no entrance. Today when we're driving down the road, we see a sign, it's an octagon. What color is that? Says S T O P on it? Says stop. It. It says stop. Octagon has eight sides. Probably. Anthony, I want me to make sure I clarify that one. You see an eight-sided sign and at the end of the street that says S-T-O-P. It's red. Just like when the destroyer came to enter into that home because it was his desire to come and kill the firstborn of every household there. But when he saw that red blood stain, he had to stop. And he literally, this is why it's called that, he would pass over that home and go to the next one. And if there was no blood stain, he would enter in and kill the firstborn. And then the next one, if he came to another home and there was a, a red lentil and doorpost, he would pass over. And, and if there was another one red, he would pass over. You know, the Egyptians must have thought these Israelite people were crazy. What are you doing? Why are you guys going out there and painting your doors with blood of all things? It wasn't even Revere Pewter. Revere Pewter is a very popular paint color. Verse 24, And you shall observe this thing in, in ordinance for you and your sons forever. And it will come to pass when you come to the land which the Lord will give you, just as he has promised, you shall keep this service. And you shall be, when your children say, what do you mean by this service? That's why we're explaining today what we're doing. Because we want them to understand, when we get, they get older, why it is that we participate in communion. There was one of my kids today that said, I love communion service, and I'll let you guess who it was. They said, why? Because you get to eat? And they said, yes. That is not really the reason and the purpose of communion. So that's why the middle-aged class is staying today (laughs) to understand the purpose of communion but when their children come when we rehearse these things from generation to generation that's what happened with the children of israel is they forgot to rehearse the goodness of the lord and that's what caused them to fall into the cycle of disobedience we have to rehearse these things into the next generation because they will never know that's why i enjoyed so much the 70th anniversary a weekend because they rehearsed things in our ears things that i had never heard before Things about the previous generation, things about the, the initial pastor of this house, the founding pastor, things that my entire life I've lived in the family, but the things that I had never heard before. We have to be careful to rehearse these things to the next generation so that they will know the goodness of the Lord so they too won't fall into the trappings that maybe we did. What do we mean by the service? Verse 27. Ye shall say, it is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our households. Go back to verse 24. And ye shall observe this thing as an ordinance for you and your sons forever. Jesus came not to do away with the old covenant but to fulfill it. He was that supreme sacrifice once and for all. So we don't have to bring our, our bulls and goats and we don't have to bring our, our turtle doves or whatever it is that our sacrifice that we're coming before to offer to the Lord. But we, we already know that he went to the cross to give himself once and for all to fulfill that. But we still see this ordinance continuing on even till today if we take that blood stain and put it on our home, the destroyer has to pass over. That's good news. When we apply the blood of the lamb to our home, to our family, you may live by yourself and you still can apply the blood of the lamb over your home. And the destroyer has to pass over because he is not allowed entrance. That red blood stain says, HALT! You cannot continue any further. You cannot go on. This house is declared and sanctified before the Lord forever. And you can't enter. You can't take my family. You can't even touch them. Because the bloodstain of the Lord Jesus Christ, who has defeated you already, is over my home. That's good news. That's good news. thankful for you the protection of your blood oh god so grateful so grateful now after this there was said there was great mourning in Egypt that day they woke up the next morning and not only their firstborns were had passed away their lives taken but also their their livestock yes. everything that they held precious and dear taken away. There was great mourning in Egypt. Finally, Pharaoh said, go. Get out of here. So let's continue reading here in chapter 12. And the Egyptians urged the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. And they said, we shall all be dead. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, having kneaded it, kneading bowls bound in their clothes and in their, on their shoulders. They threw all their stuff in basically in bags, kind of like you know, see like people talk about like a hobo bag, right? Take things, put it in a, a sheet, and just throw it over your shoulder and go. They left in haste. They didn't have time to prepare their bread. Now the children, verse 35, and the children of Israel had gone, had done, excuse me, the children of Israel had done accordingly ...to the word of Moses. And they had asked for the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold, and clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. These people that they'd been bound with for generations, they found favor in their departure. So they granted them what they requested. Now, last time I checked, as a slave, you don't really earn a wage... So for 430 years, these people had not been, get, been earning any money. They didn't have something to give to their children to pass down. They didn't have an inheritance. They didn't have savings. They didn't have anything. So as they were leaving, the Lord gave them boldness, and they asked their captor for gold and for silver. And what they did, I heard one commentary said, is they gave them 430 years worth of wages in one night. So I say to you, you may be in some type of bondage. You may be in some type of captivity. But the Lord has come to deliver you. And he's come to restore what it is that's been stolen. He's come all these years. It may be time. It may be health. It may be relationships. We talked about the restorative power of the Lord. But he's come to restore that to you today. 430 years worth of wages. 430 years worth of wages. Restored in a night. You may have had years stolen in your house and in your family. You may have children that aren't serving the Lord or or family members, brothers, sisters, grandparents, whatever, that are not serving the Lord. They've had years that have been stolen. But I'm here to tell you the Lord has come to restore. Everything that the enemy meant for evil, the Lord can turn around for his Good always. Not yours. His good. Which is great though, the byproduct of that, sometimes it ends up being good for us too, in many cases. But if we seek our own good, that's when we get in trouble. But we seek His good, and all of a sudden you find out, wow, that was better than what I planned anyway. So they left in haste. So this bread, leaven, is yeast, which in many situations represents sin. Once you have leaven, it's introduced into a lump of, of uh, dough. It cannot be taken out. It would permeate it. That's why it is symbolic of sin in our lives, because when we allow sin to come into our lives, it permeates our being, and it taints us. So in their haste, they didn't have time to prepare their dough, so they had to grab it, throw it in their sack, and take it with them. It did not have any leaven in it. That's why we see in what we celebrate what's called matzo bread, what we celebrate communion with, it's flat. It didn't rise. Not a loaf of bread. It's hard. There's no leaven. But that happened because they had to leave in haste. They couldn't wait around. The Egyptians are saying, Get out of here. We don't want all of us to die. We lost our firstborns. What happens next? What happens tomorrow morning? Will none of us wake up, get out of here. So you can imagine the Israelites after four hundred and thirty years say, We're not going to wait around and see if you change your mind. We're out of here. So they're left in haste. Let's turn to chapter 13. This is talking of, so Passover is the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. The Feast of Unleavened Bread is actually a seven-day feast. So we see here in chapter 13, it kind of describes what's what's going on. I want to pick up in verse 6 of chapter 13 in Exodus. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. And on the seventh day there shall be a feast to the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten seven days. No leavened bread, representing no sin, shall be seen among you, nor shall leaven be seen among you in all your quarters. You shall tell your son in that day. Saying, This is done because of what the Lord did for me when I came up from Egypt. I love how personal that is. He didn't say, This is why we do it because of us, which was true. But he said to his son, Because of me. And when I came up. Anthony, we can say that to our boys. This is what the Lord has done for me that I was able to overcome. Yes. It's personal. Yes. This isn't always about the group. This is, it is a group, but yes, it is also very personal. Right. Exactly. Because without the personality, being so personal, there is no group. We come together. Our personal experiences with the Lord, we come together as we walk in unity. We talked about last week. Now this bread here, I want to point something out to you. Very interesting. We see here, it's unleavened, right? We mentioned it's hard, not necessarily very tasty. But it's something that we use to commemorate. And who we use to commemorate? Let's find out. The purpose of communion. Jesus says, Do this in remembrance of me. When you do it, think about me. Remember me and what I went through. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians 11. What is the purpose of communion? For as often, verse 26 in chapter 11, First Corinthians. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup in an unworthy manner—we're going to get to that in a second—but what is it that we're commemorating here? Proclaiming his death for us. So let's examine each piece. We see this bread. We've already talked about it a little bit. One thing that is interesting to me, I kept this one intact on purpose. And if you see a lot of times sheets of matzah bread, watch this. Now, this is who were the people that came out of Israel? The Jews. The Israelite people, yeah, okay. The Jewish people, do they accept Jesus as the Messiah? No, they do not. Do they continue this tradition? Yes. yes, they do. They observe it. This is their bread. Okay, interesting. Let's take a look at this and look at the anatomy of this bread for a second. This one they're not necessarily connected, but if you look at others, this matzah bread has stripes on it. These are kind of broken stripes. But true of bread has stripes. You know what else it has? Piercings. <laughs> bread that represents your Passover bread. You didn't even know it. But you are pointing yeah. to Jesus. You partake of this every single year, proclaiming Jesus in your home, and you don't even know it. The stripes that he took for you are on this bread, and you don't even believe that he was the Messiah. The piercing that he went through in his hands and in his feet that are shown in this bread are here, and you partake of it every year, and you don't even know it. I find that so beautiful that they have this this bread, and the design of it unintentionally points directly to our Christ. So, what does this bread represent? Let's turn to Isaiah fifty-three. verse 5 and 6. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes we are healed. Thank you, Lord, for your broken body. We're so grateful for that. I want you to quickly turn in 1 Corinthians 10. We're going to do things slightly different. Pastor's on this a while back. But the purpose of communion is to come together not only commemorating the death of Jesus Christ and what all he went through but also come together in unity as we commune. We're communing together. Communion was meant to be a body experience, that we come together to commemorate this, to celebrate his resurrection more than anything. But what he had to go through prior to that. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 17 says, For we, though many, are one bread and one body, for we all are partake oh excuse me for we all partake of that one bread one body one bread today when we partake of the bread in a few moments truly consider the broken body of Christ that we appreciate the piercings that he took for us and the stripes for our healing. It was already done. Already done. Now the cup. The cup represents the precious blood of Jesus Christ that was poured out for me. Hmm. I want you to say that with me. The precious blood of Jesus Christ, you say, was poured out for me. The precious blood of Jesus Christ was poured out, was poured out. for me. For me. Out out. For me. For me. It's rehearsed to the next generation. Yes. When he delivered me. The blood is so powerful we have several scriptures we're going to turn to so stick with me turn to hebrews 9 first and i'm going to turn to every single one of them so i want you to be able to point these things out in your own bible bookmark them in your phone or whatever it is you use so that we can remind ourselves of what we the provision that we have with the blood Hebrews nine twenty two. According to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. We talked about that briefly earlier. So here's why we hate the Lord had to spill his blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. I want us to quickly jump back to Isaiah chapter one, verse eighteen. This is where you have to disconnect your logic in thinking about blood because his blood is powerful and does things that we can't even understand and comprehend. It says in verse 18 of chapter 1 in the book of Isaiah, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord, for your sins are as scarlet. They shall be white as snow. Though they were red like crimson they shall be wool why because of the forgiveness that comes through the blood of the lamb what does this blood do for us hebrews 10 come back there again First thing it does is it gives us access to his throne. Hebrews 10, verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter in the holiest by the blood of Jesus. We can boldly go before his throne, not because of things that we have done. You know, it says that he will not draw iniquity to his side. Probably one of us, maybe two of us this week, probably failed in some way or another. Some of us in doing something, whether omission or commission, we failed this week. But we can boldly go before the throne of the Lord because of this blood. Not because we're good, not because we said a prayer or we read our Bible, but because of his goodness and because of his blood, we can boldly go in. We don't have to sheepishly go in and, I'm going to tell a story on you, CJ, sorry, illustrate the point. So CJ lost his wallet, and we found his wallet, It's kind of like the the story where she had coins and she lost them and she found them, but then we lost it again, (laughs) and this time the coins did not clink, clink, clink for that old Sunday school song. And unfortunately, inside that wallet was my student ID and all my Christmas money. But the reason why I mention that is this. CJ did not boldly come before his dad and say, Hey, I lost my wallet again. Aren't you glad? But remember I told you last week that he weekly gives me opportunity to show patience. I have to say that I passed this one. Because I was already forewarned by mom. But we can go boldly before the throne of the Lord, regardless of what we've done. It doesn't matter how good or not good you are. That's, you're missing the point if that's what you think. Oh, I can't go to church this week. I did that. I said that. I saw that. It has nothing to do with what you've done or have not done. It's because of him that we come boldly before the throne of the Lord, the throne of grace. Turn to Ephesians 2. What does the blood do for us? It gives us access. We go boldly. In Ephesians 2, verse 13. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who are once were far off have been brought, what is that word there? Near, nigh, by the blood of Christ. Has anybody ever been far off from the Lord before? I have. But we are brought near. Not by how many times you read your Bible, Mavis. Not by how many prayers you said this week, Christy. But it was by the, we are brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ gain access to his throne. Second provision, we should be probably across the page in chapter 1 in Ephesians. Ephesians 1 verse 7. In him, Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Wow, listen to the words that are flowing out Paul's tongue here. The richness of his grace, the depth of his grace that he has poured out upon us. What does his blood provide for us? Forgiveness of sins, redemption, and replacement for punishment. We were due we did not get what we deserved. And he took everything that he didn't. So he went and said, Lord, I'll stand in the, in the place for them. I'll go. I'll be the one to be that lamb sacrificed for them. Forgiveness of sins provided by the blood. Hebrews 9 verse uh, 14 Faith you want to you can tell your mom then no, Ryan they're coming back anyway provision of the blood. Hebrews 9, 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Our consciences are cleansed. Many times we well know that it's, I think it's easier for us to accept the forgiveness of the Lord than for us to forgive ourselves. But his blood will cleanse your conscience so that you can in turn forgive yourselves. How? Let's think about that though. If the Lord is willing to forgive us who are we to hold ourselves in higher esteem than he? Because that's exactly what we're doing. You say, Lord, I know you forgave me but I just can't get past it myself we are holding ourselves in higher esteem than he. Hebrews 13. Almost done. Hebrews 13, verse 12. We see that we are sanctified, which is separated because of the blood of of the Lamb. Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify his people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate. Aren't you glad for his sanctification? So grateful for that, that he separates us by his blood. Last provision that we're going to look at today for the blood in Revelation 12. We're given access. We're given forgiveness. Our consciences are cleansed. We are sanctified by His blood. And the last thing we see here, verse 12, or excuse me, verse 11 in chapter 12, and they overcome Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Who is that? Him? Him? It's the accuser of the brethren. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb. You, too, can overcome whatever it is that you are going to encounter by the blood of the Lamb. Aren't you grateful for that? That he provides a way of escape for anything that we encounter. There are certain things that he, in order for us to overcome, that we Got to go through. Sometimes we have to be careful. spoke a long time ago that the Lord has three answers. Sometimes it's yes, sometimes it's no, sometimes it's slow. Maybe. And you never know. You might be asking the Lord, Lord, deliver me from this situation, whatever it is, and you can see it in your mind. Deliver me from this. But all along, he's working something out in you that you will need for his kingdom later on. And if you don't go through this situation, you're not going to be able to take the place that he has for you for that spot. So let's not be so quick to ask for deliverance, but let's, let's better ask, Lord, I know you're with me. What is it that you're saying in this? What are you speaking through this? And Lord, I trust in you. For your deliverance. Yes. Lastly, I say this. We see in 1 Corinthians 11, it says, examine yourself. So, this is very important. What we don't want to do, I started reading a little too early. Before In verse 27, I believe it is, it says not to take, partake of this communion, as it were, in an unworthy manner. So Paul talks about examining ourselves here. And there are some pretty stern warnings that if we take the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner... But let's face it, in and of ourselves, none of us are worthy to partake today. None of us. But I would encourage you over the next few moments that you ask just like David did, Lord, search my heart. See if there be any wicked way in me. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And if there is something that you need forgiveness for, I would, today as we partake, that you would drink deeply the cup of forgiveness that's going to be provided you. Drink it deeply. Communion is meant to be taken as a body in the spirit of unity. If there is someone to whom you have unforgiveness, I encourage you to allow the blood to cleanse that relationship and that situation as we walk in unity, as we walk in love, we walk in light, and we walk in wisdom. Guys, would you come, please? Pastor, Take and fold it up. we're going to do things a little differently today because we read in Corinthians that we are to partake as one body, so I'd like for you, I think most of us are already and I appreciate these guys coming and, and serving, so it's going to be a little more difficult for them, but that's okay. We're not in a hurry, and we're not worried about everything going perfectly. So what we're going to do is sit with your family, and if you don't have family with you today, I'd like minimum groups of five. So if you could get in groups of five, that would be great. Five being the number of grace. I'll take that off to you guys. And I've asked the ladies that prepared the meal today, and I appreciate them coming early and doing so. They have taken and they broke this in half. So guys, after we pass it out, I want you to take one and, and go be with your family. We're not worried about you going back and forth. That's quite a ride. I'd rather this be the spirit of our families more than worried about back and forth. Noise is not going to bother us. Don't worry about that, guys. We want them here with us as well. What we're going to do is we're going to take these, and I think we're good in our numbers. So I want you, as the head of your household, those that have your families today, I want you to take, and you're going to offer these to your family. And those that are in groups that may not have other family members with you today, that's fine. Just one of you take, and, and you take, and you're going to offer it to, and you're going to break it off. And this will be one, one piece for my family, likewise for yours. Because we are one body as we partake of this together. I want you to truly consider the broken body of Jesus Christ as we do this today. Go ahead, Pastor my guys. And it'll make a mess. Who cares? we got a vacuum. I don't care about that. It's Sister Glidel's turn to clean anyway. <laughs> Notice I didn't do this last month. Says in Matthew 26, he says, Take, this is my body. So we consider today as we partake and we commune together, Lord, we see your pierced body and has stripes. Lord, that you did all of that for us. We're so grateful for that. Lord, as you pray for. The bread today, that you would just sanctify it, Lord, as we commemorate this and do this in remembrance of you. Lord, help us always to remember you during these times. And Lord, we're so grateful, Lord, that for the stripes that you took for our healing, for the bruises and the beating that you encountered, Lord. Lord, the amazing thing is you did it all for us. So, Lord, we remember that today. Lord, we're so grateful what you've done. We do this in remembrance of you. Take this is my body. Lord, guys, if you could come again, please. Pastor, can you bless the cup, please?
1: Can't come near us mm. and We thank you for that We thank you for your shed blood And the redemption And the salvation and the healing It's brought us. loved us. Yes. You came. Yes. And we thank you, my holy one. Yes. That my God this blood be health and life to us. And we partake of it. In the mighty image.
0: We're going to serve the cup normally, but I do want the guys to be able to go back with their families once we serve them. This is the blood that was poured out for you, blood that gives us access to the throne, blood that provides forgiveness of sin and the replacement of punishment. It cleanses our conscience, it sanctifies us. And by it, we overcome. We're grateful for the blood of the Lamb today. Thank you, Lord. So you took the cup. This is my blood poured out for you. We take it today. Worship to me, if you could come, please. Verse 27 says, He took the cup and gave thanks. Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of a new covenant which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Aren't you glad that it wasn't shed for some? Only a select few, but it was shed for all of us, shed for many for our remission, our forgiveness, our sanctification, the provision that we have for the by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We're so grateful for that today. So grateful. I don't care. Whatever. Worthy is our God. Won't you stand with us? Worthy is the Lord. Worthy is the Lord. Worthy is our God. Thank you, Lord. So grateful, God. So grateful. Lord, help us never to take it for granted the provision that you've given us, oh God. Lord, we celebrate you today. We celebrate you. Many times we have heavy hearts because, the Lord, all that we were, were mindful of that, what you've gone through, but, Lord, we celebrate you today and the victory that you've brought to us, oh God. The victory that you've brought to us. It's only through you, God. Only through you. In Jesus' name. Worthy is the Lord. Oh, the fullness of joy. cause us to always rehearse these things to the next generation, to tell of your goodness. So grateful that we can come and celebrate all that you've done for us today. Lord, help us never to take it for granted. Help us all to be grateful for what you've done. We thank you for all these things the mighty name of Jesus Christ we pray amen and amen amen, amen. be blessed go in peace or don't forget you have a meeting